Hi everybody, this is John with Out of Character, and I wanted to do kind of a GM tip thing. We haven't done one in a while, we've done a lot of other things, and I wanted to kind of get back to it. So, this is something that uh, people were discussing online. Uh, I think I saw the original discussion on Twitter, uh, and I've seen it in other places too. Basically, they were talking about like how to deal with it, the constant need to have a, a ready-made list of treasure when your players are going through dungeons or going through adventures and they're beating up minions constantly and they're, you know, basically the standard thing is you, you know, your, your, your party's going through this network of tunnels clearing out these goblins that you've been hired to, to clean out for the local locals and uh, they kill all the goblins and loot the bodies immediately. Uh, players will get mad when they remember that they didn't loot the bodies. <laughs> so it's like, you, you as a GM, uh, if you're using a module, there's usually tells you like this goblin has like four coppers. This goblin has like a, a decent knife on him. That one has, uh, you know, insert thing here. Uh, he has some, a bag of marbles that are mostly broken. Uh, a few that are still decent. If you're doing a, a, a unique adventure or something that you've made up, then you either have to make it up on the fly or you have to use other tools. Now, a lot of games do provide a generator uh, where you can, you know, figure out treasure very quickly with a series of dice rolls, or uh, there are tools and apps and things like that online that'll generate treasures for you. Um, I, I saw someone using one of those recently for the first time because I don't usually play. I'm usually jamming, and I usually make up the treasure from my, you know, from my own thoughts as far as we're going through things. The problem with this is that when you're going through, basically, you, you're you going to bump into a couple of problems. One, if you're giving them just, like, junk items constantly, you're going to encounter players who just, like, amass this pile of garbage that they're then trying to sell in town. Now, maybe you find a collector who's interested in goblin weapons and goblin armor and, and they are, you know, wanting to hold on to that stuff and maybe like, you know, they like mannequins of it in their house. Sure. Uh, there's weirdos all over. Uh, people are into different things who, uh, you could throw that in as a, as an NPC. You might find like a junk dealer who will like melt it down, sell it for, you know, make, make it into nails or something like that. Most people, I would think, if you come to town with, like, a bunch of old junk, they're like, that's disgusting. It's been rotting in some goblin mound for, like, 75 years. I don't want anything to do with it. Of course, there's always the chance that you'll find cool stuff, like the famous example being when, you know, if you read The Hobbit, spoiler alert for people who haven't read The Hobbit or seen the movie, Bilbo and Thor and Oakenshield's company, one of the first things that happens when they set out is they're captured by trolls, and they proceed to narrowly escaping, eaten by these trolls through guile and the delaying tactics, basically. They uh, they go into this troll hollow, and they find all the... There's just, like, mounds of treasure that these trolls have amassed over the years. And uh, they also find Elven Blade. This is where you find, like, this is where Sting was found. That's an example of, like, cool, useful treasure. Like, you could do something early on where it's like, okay, the party overcame something. And you want to reward them with some magical items or a decent amount of treasure so that they can fund, you know, further steps in their adventures. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And occasionally that can be a good thing. But when you're doing it constantly, like, I, I tend to be kind of, like, very free with magical items because I think that they add to the game. But it's very easy to find yourself in trouble with that very quickly. Like, if you gave out too many magical items... 
the party may just have a really easy time just leaning on those items to get through certain problems. Like, you know, I have a cloak of invisibility. I'll just, you know, and I'm, you know, like Harry Potter in my way through this whole adventure. There, there's, there's quite a few ways to deal with the problem of uh, that as far as the magical item thing. But the other side effect is if you're just giving them money, let's say you're like, okay, I'm going to avoid magical items and junk items just because they're stupid. And, you know, these guys, I, I don't want to have to deal with selling that stuff constantly. Just, I'll just give them some money. They're going to amass wealth very quickly. Even if you're just giving, like, let's say, let's say every minor foe, every minion level foe they're killing, they're getting like 15 copper. The average dungeon crawl, I mean, you know, they, they could amass a fair amount of money very rapidly and over a course of time. That's not counting, like, you know, any good treasure that they find or any decent magical items that they do manage to sell or any rewards they're getting. So you can find the party's got fair fortune on their hands very rapidly, way before you want them to have that much. A game I was in recently online, someone, we, we were going through this, this forest, we're fighting kobolds, and uh, they had amassed their treasure. Their treasure was this this pile of copper pieces. Uh, it was like four thousand copper pieces. We had no means to transport it, and no interest in in like that's like almost. I was like, we're not going to bother with this. We ended up telling people about it, and then they went and got the got the money. It's not a it, it's not a bad thing to give your players the the ability to uh, to fund their lives. You know, it's a tool like anything else. But it is a problem when they have so much wealth that they're like trying to rich. Some people are going to try to richy rich their way through your campaign. They're like, I'll just bribe this guy. Now, me, whenever I have money, I I tend to like any money I have at the start of a game. If I am, I tend to burn through very rapidly because I like I give the cobalt a gold piece. Just because, like, I want him to, I'm like, I, I will buy his silence, you know, or you tip your, uh, you know, you tip people and things like that just to try to, to, to curry favor. Some people just hoard it, and they're like, I want to buy uh, some really ridiculous stuff. So those are some of the problems, basically, like, too many magical items too early in a campaign, too much money, just... You, you, you turn into... If you ever saw the labyrinth, uh, the, the, the horrible little old ladies who have, like, the mounds of junk on their back... They turn into those, where they just have this pile of crap that they're wandering through the world with, trying to like, hey, do you want? I got, I got some old dwarven uh, monocles that I found. I, I had there were four, there were four of them. I kept them all. I'll, I'll sell them to you for a silver. Um, those are all some of the issues, and it just kind of slows things down when you're like, e- even if you're using the apps and tools, every fight is like, okay, loot the bodies. What do I find on him? What do I find on him? What do I find on this this draconian that I killed? So there's a couple ways to deal with this. The first option is leave no bodies. If you're using, let's say, Draconians. In Dragonlands, Draconians, when they die, something happens to their bodies. Now, this varies depending on the type of Draconian. Some of them turn to stone uh, and then crumble to dust after a few moments. Uh, some of them explode. Some turn into pools of acid. Depends on the type of Draconian. Uh, in most cases, they're not going to leave a body that you are going to be able to loot because they will no longer be there. But that's kind of cheap. Uh, if you did that, it's cool with, with them because they're very unique in that they that happens. But uh, you have, like, you know, obviously, like, oozes and things like that that people are like, I want to loot through the oozes. They don't have a body, but they've been absorbing things for years. So, like, you know, maybe they have some armor in them or some ma- some old weapons that people were holding when they got absorbed or some, some basic items. So having bodies that are not lootable is an option. It's a valid option, but it's something you don't want to lean on all the time. The second option is, of course to just 
say that they didn't have anything on them. But again, that that's not very that doesn't really advance the story. It seems think about like what this creature is, what it was, and that's kind of like giving your NPCs personality. If you're the standard one here, we'll say uh, you have a group of kobolds who were you know going through a mine. They might have some basic tools. Uh, they probably have some junk on them that they picked up that they think is valuable. Uh, kobolds are not stupid, but they are not necessarily going to value what a person might value. So they might find some old dwarven mining tools and think that these are great because they're well made. Uh, you know, they're they're not rare or especially valuable to uh, a merchant, but to a kobold, it's like this is great. I can use this pickaxe to help hollow out the the our, our network of tunnels. So basic items can be a, a, a good thing to kind of like paint, like, okay, what did this thing have on it? It's like, okay, these are like mining tools and climbing gear. So clearly these things are, are you know, kind of network, are, are building a cavern network down here maybe. Uh, it can be used to illustrate the story of what this character was. Um, story items are, are also another way to go where uh, you find like signet rings or letters or notes or things like that that advance the plot. That avoids the problem of slowing things down too much, getting away from the the story of of the game. You know, it's not monetarily valuable. It's not If you do want to give out items, if you do want to give out stuff and you you want to maybe have the party be a bit more wary of what they're taking, Keep in mind, they just killed these people, and more often than not. So, you know, having items that are possibly cursed or haunted is another good way to go. You know, maybe the uh, the ch- having this uh, this helmet off of this uh, centurion that you killed, uh, his spirit lingers, and it's going to try to. If you're going with the idea that it is a powerful enough spirit that it has manifested and it's trying to attack them, then it's you know, maybe like a one-off encounter where this thing waits until this character goes to sleep. And then, like, if you look at, like, the animated armor, uh, in, in Dungeons & Dragons 5e, there's a whole list of, like, animated items. I would just use rules like that, like an animated gauntlet. This is, like, the crawling hand, but it, like, it attacks this me- this party member. It's not going to probably lead to anything huge, but it's like, oh, my God, this thing attacked me. That's one way you could potentially go. Uh, cursed items, you know, maybe this person put a, a, if it was a wizard or a sorcerer or a druid or witch or anything that potentially could have some kind of magical ability, they use their last breath, in, uh, in the Dresden Files you have like wizard, cur- wizard death curses, you, you, they, they, they use their last breath to put a curse on this useful magical item, so that wand that you really wanted that they were using to shoot lightning at you the whole time you guys were fighting, uh, it, it now, instead, what, there's like a, a chance that that lightning will double back on you. Like, a 50-50 chance. Like, when you're rolling, if you roll an odd number, it not only fails to hit what you were aiming at, it hits you instead. Now, that's an extreme example, but, again, it is a possibility of something you could do to kind of stymie, like, oh, cool, magic sword, it's mine now. It's not, you don't want to punish players for wanting to use the resources available to them, but sometimes some people can just be plain, like, greedy, and they're just like, I want to get everything, and I want to be rich, and I want to have all the items possible. And it's just like, dude, stop. You don't need everything that everyone ever had on them. You do also have the option of, um, like, if you fought a group of lightly armored soldiers, let's say your group is uh, low enough level that common items that they're finding may be better, maybe, like, they... You know, they have, like, leather, and they're like, I want to I wanna upgrade to, like, maybe some chainmail. And this guy, this character, Shima, you could compromise the armor. The armor's damaged. You've, you've killed this person 
and it was a you know a, a furious fight, and you it, it's no longer as effective. So reducing the AC bonus on certain types of armor and say like, well, right now instead of a fourteen, this armor is only giving you uh, a twelve, so it's barely better than the leather that you're already wearing, or actually worse right now. You can wear it, or you can take it back and have it repaired, and that kind of that that's also a useful way to kind of not permanently hinder them. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to take that thing because it's junk. You know, that way they have something like, oh, cool, I've got this chainmail I'd like to have repaired. It gives you a way to, like, there's going to be a blacksmith in the next town, and it, it encourages the party to interact with other people and NPCs and to engage in the story rather than, like, I have a pile of gems that I want to sell. Gems are one of those things that you're going to hear a lot about in these games where it's like, I have all these gems and they're worth this much. And I'm just, I always like to look at the gems and I'm just like, who's buying these? I mean, yes, there's jewelers and there's, you know, you know wizard, like, uh, people who sell magical components, you know, grind up all the rubies and like sell the dust to wizards to cast spells. But at the same time, I'm always kind of like, it's just weird that there's like this, this amount of gems. Like, a common person is not going to have a use for a gem. For the most part, they're just going to be like, oh, that's valuable. I'm going to sell it. But I mean, they're not going to be like, you can't eat it. You can't, it's not a weapon. It's not inherently magical. Don't get me wrong. You find a magic gem that like, you know, oh, this is the gem of fireball. But, uh, that's not usually the case. It's usually just like a, a, a ruby the size of your fist. So those are just some ideas of things that you can do to enhance the treasure looting experience. It's, it's something that's going to come up in pretty much every game. Um, it, it only comes up, but only in, like, fantasy-based games or, like, uh, sci-fi games in general. I've played a lot of mutants and masterminds over the years, and no one ever wants to, like... Maybe it's because, like, you don't you don't usually kill the opponents in those games, but no one's ever like, I want to search the the fallen uh, supervillains for, for, for gear and stuff. So if you find yourself running these games and you, you know, you... Do try using the apps and the tools for treasure generators. You look in your your game master guide, and there is a, a treasure tool for dice rolling. But you just find that that's not good, and you want to kind of like, I want to throw something out there to limit, maybe just stymie this a bit, or make it less of an effective way to like kind of like proxy level up. Uh, you know, I have this sword that's really powerful, and I got it early on because we fought some opponent, and we managed to beat him through sheer luck. Planning is important when you're being a GM, of course, because if you put something like that in the game, you have to plan. It's like, you might not think that the NPCs, that the, the, that the player character is going to be able to beat this particular NPC, and they manage it through some tactic you didn't think of. Well, now they have it. You can't just be like, well, uh, as soon as you touch that really cool cloak that was allowing him to fly, it disappears. You can do that, but it's you're you're being a dick. Unless it, unless you wrote that down, like, this cloak is only able to be used by members of this particular family, and when one of them dies, it disappears and appears folded in front of the other member of that family. If there's no surviving member of that family, then it explodes. If you wrote that, if that's what the plan, then fine. I had a, a little goblin dude, I called him Gold Toes, and he was... He was basically, I wanted to do a, a character that was like, goblins to me are very clever, but like they have a, um, they like the shiny stuff too. So I was like, I'm like, he finds all these magic rings and the magic's kind of junky. Like, uh, he's got like a ring of teleportation, but it's damaged. So it doesn't let him teleport like vast distances. He teleports like 
15 feet, and he can only use it once a day. Uh, he has, you know, like, a ring of hard-to-see. Uh, he's not invisible, but he's, like, you know, he's got a bonus to stealth checks. He's kind of, like, having a veil over him. So you can think about, it, like, giving up, like, kind of, like, broken, not-quite-functional magical items and can be used, but they're not super-powerful magical items that work perfectly every single time. Uh, so these are just some ideas. If you think that they're stupid or they're they're no good, I apologize. I just, and I hope that helps somebody. Uh, we'll have more stuff for you all soon. Until then, play more games, and everybody be safe and happy. Uh, again, this is Out of Character. Bye!